Hello and welcome to the American Horror Story podcast. We're the officially unofficial podcast for FX's American Horror Story Season 6, Roanoke, My Roanoke Nightmare, Return to Roanoke. Three Days in Hell. Three Days in Hell. It's It's got a lot of subtitles. You know what it doesn't have? A fucking proper intro. We got a proper intro. I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily. And we are actually broadcasting... Live-ish? Live from Rocket City NerdCon. From Rocket City Nerd, from uh, some some conference room in the library. I apologize if it's a little echoey, more echoey than normal, but uh, we're we're live and on location. That's uh, you, you can't uh, you can't uh, manufacture that kind of raw energy and excitement <laughs> that comes from sitting in a library, a conference room, uh, podcasting about American Horror Story, which you has had a res- which has had a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is uncontroversially the best episode of the season agreed now saying that there were several people on the forums that expressed uh, dissatisfaction and some continued worry but you know i think that in my mind what some of the creepiest stuff has come out in the last decade as far as horror is like found footage um paranormal activity type stuff and we got a lot of those kind of creepy jump scares right and seeing the real ghost doing ghostly stuff i thought was really exciting yeah i agree like this scared me more in one episode than it has this entire season definitely and there's been a lot of jump scares this season yeah so do we want to talk about anything before we get right into the episode? Nope. I got a lot of episode to talk about. Okay. Again, this is for chapter six. This is the turning point. This is, did we get, did we get filet mignon? I thought we got a, a pretty good sirloin. Oh, <laughs> you're going back to the food analogy. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I thought it was really good. I think this is strongest season so far. Okay. All right. Um, so we begin with, um, uh, what's the guy's name? The main producer guy. Cheyenne Jackson. It's the actor's name. But what his name is like Percy. Sid. Sid. Sidney. Yeah, Sidney. Uh, and they had this title card where it says that the My Roanoke Nightmare is the bis- biggest success of 2015. It beat out in its time slot the NFL, Empire, The Walking Dead, um, and this is the documentary for the follow-up season where they're going to get all of the reenactors and actors back together. They've bought the house, and they're going to take them out there during the blood moon period uh-huh. and see what happens. Um, they got 23 million viewers. Is, is, are, are we watching Ryan Murphy masturbate here? I think so. Like, oh, 23 million. Oh, I'm going to beat The Walking Dead and the NFL. Like, I, I kind of uh-huh. felt a little bit. I mean, it was. I laughed out loud when I saw the title card. Yeah. But I kind of think he expects us to laugh at it, too. So. I mean, that's the numbers you'd actually have to get in order to beat those shows. Right, right. Uh, so Sydney comes in, and he's full of energy, and he's saying that we can't, the camera never stops. Don't ever turn it off. And they roll into his board meeting, and the board quickly realizes that, oh, shit, he's serious about this always-on stuff. He's even going to uh, capture these real moments of people haggling over deals and right. fine points of stuff. Um, and he says that they, I mean, at first I was like, are they expecting to actually get real ghosts? But it quickly becomes apparent that they're going to manufacture these fake scares. And the network lady says as much like, so you're going to capture fake scares. Like, how is this going to be interesting? 
Which is, it seems kind of unbelievable for a network executive. Right. And I also seems wonder... Seems like they'd be encouraging them to do that. Also, my meta hat was on, and I'm like, okay, so you're always filming. I bet this doesn't make the final cut where you're talking about how real or not real this is going to be. Right. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess... Because it seems like the real point of the show was to mine the genuine human drama of, like, will Lee confess to the murder of her husband? Right. Will Matt and... Um, Sarah Paul, oh shit, uh, it's not Sydney. I want to call her Sydney now, but it's Audrey? Yes. Is it? No, it's not Audrey. Yeah, it is. No. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, Matt and his yoga girl, Audrey, uh, yes. is, is going to... I did, man. Oh, Audrey is the Sarah Paulson actress. Yeah, no. Shelby Who, is Shelby, Matt's wife's you. name. Thank you. God, I thought it's like, this is wrong. We're going to get strung up by our heels and offered to the butcher. Uh, are they going to get back together? All this stuff. And he's like, the, the, so, so the stuff that you're like, oh, that's fake is not the real thing. The fake stuff is there to get the real human drama. Um, and they're going to have like a Big Brother style. It's essentially going to be a fusion of Ghost Hunter with Big, Big Brother, which I think kind of would be cool. Yeah, I'm surprised that they showed all their tricks up front. Like you'd think you'd want to trick the audience just as much as you do the actors. Right. I don't know. So it's funny because it reminded me of like when I was first started, when I first started talking about going, you know, uh, full time with Bald Move, I'm like, oh, we'll have a like a dedicated studio and like Mm -hmm. we can have the cameras running 24 seven and they can get the inane moments and the boring like and that's something we could do for like premium members. And Jim's like, no fucking way. Are we going to be filming 24 seven? I'm like, oh, why not? Because I think it would have been. Like, it would have been super cool to have, like, our fights on film that we could, like, imagine that. If every it's like the Truman Show. Sure, you can get some interesting moments, but that sounds really boring. Oh, no, totally. 99% of the time, it would be super boring. And you'd have to actually watch around the clock to find out what's interesting. Right. And if that's the case, then I'm just going to wait for someone online to say, look exactly. at this clip. This is what's there, interesting. There will be the people that, like, would watch it. Like, I don't know. I mean, we never were big enough at that stage for anyone to bother. But right. Like, we could have been like, oh, today was a real freaking doozy. But I didn't like, you know, because we've had like 30 side projects that we kind of like planned out but couldn't execute. And that would have been interesting to see. And like to fight and like this is the funny shit that happens day by day. I'm just saying, Bald Move TV could have been incredible. Okay. Except for Jim's crippling social anxiety. (laughs) Let's talk about this TV. Okay. Back to here. (laughs) Um, So... It's weird because Shelby acts like she didn't want to have anything to do with this because we, we switched to her perspective. But you find that in the intervening um, years that or an intervening interview that she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. But she also really misses Matt and she wants to try to win him back. Right. Um, and we also find the hilarious detail that Shelby dated who played Matt who is Cuba Gooding Jr., only he's not. He's Dominic um, something or other. I thought, Dominic Banks, um, I thought that reveal was super funny. Is it really cheating if you're just sleeping with someone that reminds you of your partner because you can't sleep with your partner? Yeah. I don't know. That's a very flattering form of Or especially cheating, if, they were, if they were hired to portray you. Right. Like, like, so you just miss your partner so much that the next best thing is what you go for, right? Like, if Lyndon Lyndon B. Johnson's wife was still alive and she wanted to fuck Brian Cranston because he did a bang up job in that HBO, you know, miniseries, 
is that cheating? I no. mean, I think that's no. like a huge it's not compliment. not a jury in the world that would convict you. Yeah, it's essentially, I want to sleep with the best version of you possible. It's, yeah. Which isn't you. Right. But it's still totally you. Right. You're unavailable. <laughs> like, you're my first choice. You said no. That's what I have to do. Well, this isn't, but they kind of portrayed it like that is, um, that's what was the nail in the, the coffin of their relationship. The fact that like they were trying to work things out and maybe they gotten separated and then she starts banging Dominic Banks and that'd be pretty, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, that's pretty fucking weird. Yeah. But super hilarious. Right. Um, so what else we want to talk about here? So I understand her motivation to go back. I don't understand Matt's real well, Matt's. Well, let's, let's talk about that in a minute. Um, the hammer here is she says, I'll come back. I want to win Matt back. But the thing is, is Dominic can't be involved because that would just destroy Matt. And Shelby, or um, uh, what's this guy's name again? Sid. Sydney. Sydney says, totally, he's out. And then, spoiler alert, he's totally in. That's her fault for not having it written into her contract. Fair enough, because this guy, like, I love the inside baseball of, like, people worrying about lawsuits as far as, like, you know, hey, what happens if Lee murders someone? It's like, well, you know, everyone signed waivers, and that's good, but, you know, if she starts drinking again, you might fall afoul of, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's like, really? We could get more in trouble returning someone to alcoholism than we would... If she killed someone? If she killed someone, which kind of sounds true. Right. It sounds truthy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, we go to a scene of them at the house, uh, the old Mott house, and they're wiring it up for sound and effects. And I thought the kitchen effects was really good. Like, you know, they, they got the, uh, uh, the, the sink rigged up so it'll explode <laughs> and vomit. And then I kept on waiting for it to break. Like where the FX guys are, whoa, shit, I didn't do that. Yeah. Like when the, when the shit, when the, um, well, it'll come later. I'm sure. I'm right. sure of it. We know the capabilities and then when different things happen in the right. kitchen, we'll know that they didn't right. set that up. But like when the thing was rattling and then it started spouting out like, you know, water. And then when it, a geyser of green shit came out of it. But th- then when like the cabinets flew off the hinges, I'm like, he's, he's going to be like, but no, I guess he can just make this house do anything. He can blow out the windows. Yeah. So that's going to be fun, but also was effectively built in tension because I, that like the cabinets exploding got me as a jump scare, but then it was like a fake jump scare. Right. Literally. Yeah. Like, you know, um, so he then looks out the windows and we find out his, his, his actual ambitions for the season is he doesn't really care about the fake effects and all that stuff. He wants to get Lee Harris to admit what she did. And that would be pretty dramatic television. Sure enough. I mean, imagine like the jinx, where that dude commit, you know, confessed in the bathroom mm-hmm. to being the one who did it. Right. Uh, that would be <laughs> if you could get someone to actually break and do this on live television. That'd be pretty, pretty freaking sweet. Yeah, if you can get Lee and Fake Lee to have a drink together and admit to what she did. Yeah, there yeah, you go. The theory is you Boom. put enough pressure on someone and they slip up and they start burping and farting and and <laughs> confessing to murder. Yeah. Um, he then takes a look at the window and sees that all these production trailers are outside and he loses his shit and he goes out there and it's like, I don't want these people to see anything but Blackwoods and the fucking blood moon. And then we see there is someone arranged a dis- nice little floral display of fetal pigs. <laughs> yes. Gross. And nobody, nobody really did that. That's, that, on the, that's on the going to company. admit to it. Yeah. So, we come back from commercial break, and they're interviewing Agnes Mary Winstead, who is the actress played by Kathy Bates, who played the butcher. 
It's like three levels of fakeness. We're we're going to limbo this season. Uh, <laughs> and you know, she's not speaking in a crazy accent, which I enjoyed. She's and she says that this is a role of a lifetime, and we see like the auditions of all the different butchers that they thought about getting and um then they talked to her about these stories or running around in Hollywood where she had a mental break and she started uh attacking uh someone with a deadly weapon. Who did she attack? Did she actually attack the real Shelby or the actress that played Shelby? I don't think she did either thing. No, nah, she was threatening like cuz Oh, the actress who played Shelby, that's right. Well, she went down the streets because of Hollywood she, just because she won a Saturn award which is what She's really after. Right. There's a bunch of things she did. Like there was this um, like cell phone footage of her rampaging through Hollywood with a meat cleaver but going after people. Yeah. While she's running next to a life-size Pikachu and all <laughs> kinds of other people dressed up. I mean, it's a strip full of people doing the exact same thing she's doing. I'm not sure why she got in trouble for that. Well, I mean, I think... I, I think I the think idea she was that, that she off, wasn't or her just, lawyer or her agent. Yeah, like, well, did anyone get hurt? Because if no one got hurt, then she was just cosplaying. Right. Yeah. That's the line between cosplaying and right. She was just catering to her fans. That's what they wanted. Yeah, I mean, I see a dude in Gen Con walking around like the fucker from Silent Hill, and that's cool until he like kills somebody. Right. So, but if you don't kill anyone, then it's just cosplay. <laughs> um, but between that and going after with a a, a cleaver, the uh, uh, Sarah Paulson's in-universe actress character i feel like yeah audrey she did need some kind of therapy and she says that she got diagnosed with psycho effect uh schizoaffective disorder or psychoaffective disorder and she spent six months in a mental institution but she feels much better now but sydney's there just to drop the hammer on her on camera and let her know that she's been exiled from the production she's got a restraining order put against her this is really gross it did. And it I makes felt, me feel really sick. I felt so bad for this woman who probably, I mean. You put someone into this role and you unlocked some sort of mental illness or, you know, created this after her time on set. And now you're going to come back and punish her? And you can you're going to open up that wound again and then sure. punish her for it. And you consider the idea that maybe she's actually possessed by either the. Well, I'm not considering that idea. The. the, 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 the <laughs> If if, you, if she's either possessed by the butcher or the woods witch, then she's suffering from something beyond her control. And I just felt like really bad, uh, and how self righteous the Sydney asshole was about it. Uh, but then, right, and that his what do you call him? His assistant or the production assistant, right? The, who seems like a genuinely good person. Good. She didn't person. have a problem with this. She knew exactly why they were there, and she didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. God. Um. But anyway, she, Kathy Bates is, uh, or Agnes rather, starts spouting some a bunch of butcher nonsense at him, and Sydney reveals when they get to the car that he hopes that she doesn't stay away because this is going to be just good television if she shows up and violates restraining Even order. Even worse. Yeah, he's he did all a this just person. so she would come back. Uh, so then we have an interview with Lee and Lee has a plausible. So, so Shelby wants to go back because she wants to win Matt back. And later on in the episode, she reveals that she doesn't think anything's going to happen because there's a bunch of cameras and there's a bunch of people to protect her. And somehow she thinks that that's going to turn the tide, which I don't know. Maybe if you had a small army of people, you could repel the Polks, but she did see some honest to God demonic shit. So I don't know. Um, Lee has the plausible, Lee has the plausible reason for returning is that she wants to defend herself from these accusations that she killed her husband 
you know, that this is fucking up her child custody arrangement with Flora, which we don't actually see. Even though the charges have been dropped against her or right. she's acquitted or whatever happened. Well, I mean, it's just like you see where the, you know, the, the court of public opinion can turn against someone. What was that documentary we just saw on Netflix about the young woman? Amanda in, Knox. Amanda Knox. Perfect example. Like you and I, from our memories, thought that she was the devil. Super guilty. Yeah. But if you watch the documentary, I mean, draw your own conclusions, but it seems like it's a bunch of bullshit and you had a, a innocent person just go through hell for years because the press and, wanted a good story and the cops are happy to give him one. Right, exactly. So even though she's been, you know, you can make someone's life hell in the court of public opinion mm-hmm. and by, by making them wrongfully accused. Uh, but she wants to clear her name. I don't know how she thinks she's going to clear her name by being on the show. Like Where's by not daughter? killing someone. That's what I want to know where her daughter is right now. Do you think her daughter's going to, sh- I, I sure, I'm sure Sydney is going to work some behind the no, scenes that stuff can't be to get legal. her out there. There's, that's not legal. You have to have, have the parent's a, opinion or the parent's approval. Well, I'm sure she would approve it. Well, Lee? Yeah. To get no, her absolutely the not. Moon. Absolutely not. If she does, then I'm done with Lee. Right. If, if Lee, for whatever selfish bullshit reason, wants her out there during the blood moon, then I'm, I'm out on Lee forever. Yes. All right. We have a, we have a blood moon pact. Against Lee now. Um, fun subplot. Angela apparently, Angela Bassett's character apparently has been driven to drink by the the grueling nature of dealing with her roles and the aftermath of it and all the press. Yes. So we're going to get Angela Bassett playing a raging drunk, and I, for one, <laughs> am super happy about it. Yeah. By the way, Angela fucking Bassett directed this episode. Does she look younger than last week and every other it's week? It's witchcraft, and she's now Is a she director. Is she Benjamin Buttoning? And this she directed one of the best episodes that this show's had in years. Yes, like, she did. I yes, she did. think she is a national treasure and incredible, and I want to drink a vial of her blood so I can be eternally young. Yes, give her all the awards. She's essentially like a unicorn from Harry Potter. Like if you can just if you can just somehow get a pit, bit of her life force. What is that hand motion you just made? Just, I, I'm, I'm really to, glad I'm, that we're not I'm, I'm on camera squeeze, right now. <laughs> I'm squeezing the juice no, no out of squeezing. her. No more squeezing. No, I can't squeeze juice out of Angela Bassett? <laughs> Bet I can. Um, so <laughs> there is trouble on set. Um, they had, of course, everything's being filmed, and one of the guys that was sawing, it looked like, you know, that there was some uh, mishap. And I've heard of... You know, every chainsaw I've ever operated have these, like, anti-kickback things. Because I guess there are certain instances where the chain gets caught or whatever, and the chainsaw can flip up and and hit you. Um, And there's a lot of devices where if that motion happens, there's a brake that grabs the chain to keep from doing it. I don't know where this guy disabled it, or there's some ghostly business. But he, like, rolled a critical one failure on his success to chainsaw this tree. And it came up in a 180-degree arc and just severed his his head from his neck with his chainsaw is yes. quite grisly yeah um and sydney's point of view with his other executive producer is hey yeah it's a horrific accident but a we caught her on tape so cool and b shit happens you know sometimes you got to break a few eggs to make a ghostly omelet <laughs> and she says you know what this is bullshit something terrifying has happened she makes this illusion that i guess maybe other things have been happening i mean i think that maybe she just from the jump believes in this story of this house happening Mm -hmm. um 
I mean, that was creepy watching that thing happen. I, I thought that her biggest issue was that he was unwilling to shut down production for at least a couple of days for morning. Yeah, like to give the cast and, well, the crew in this case, like, you know, like what if your coworker died grizzly on the plant? Like, you know, would you give like grief counseling? Would you give them a day off? Would you mm-hmm. give them the rest of the day? And he's like, I, I think he talked to the union rep or calls. He's like, oh, the actors are on their way. Nope, keep going. I mean, he's a monster. Yeah, he really is. But then again, there's only so much blood moon to spend. True. I mean, yeah, you've got five days in the <laughs> lunar quadrant or whatever the hell it is. Now, yes, I, I, I do disagree with you because she, she asserts that there's something terrifying that happens. And she says, I'm done. And she peels out on him and throws dirt all over him, which I thought was pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, that was awesome. And she's got a dash cam camera, which, of course, she does. And she's telling the no, camera. No, she turns on her phone. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I think she flipped on her phone just like. You know, you and I have phone mounts in our car. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, because she is able to, like, press the screen, and you see her flip the camera forward and the backwards. Right. So, but, but I think that there's something we haven't been privy to, but there's other things been happening during these pre-production periods, which would make well, sense. Well, the pigs, the dead pigs was number one. That was number one. Chainsaw was number two. Chainsaw was number Maybe there's others, because when she was driving around, she sees, like, a very creepy ghost. Was that the real, what's her name, Priscilla? Is that the real Priscilla? See, because that's what I liked about Mm -hmm. this episode is like the Hollywood ghosts are not nearly as creepy and scary as the real Real ghosts. Real ghosts, yeah. And they kind of had lulled me into a false like, oh shit, seeing that really decayed, creepy ghost in broad daylight was scary. And the nurses? I mean, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. the nurses are terrifying. But then the pig man, when she swivels the camera back around, the pig man's in the backseat and grabbed her and my heart leapt into my throat. Yeah, that was very scary. Like I said, um, they set the scene with the ghost girl, and then the pig man finished the business. Oh, man, so good. Why doesn't anyone find her or her car? Or hear a, a car crash shortly after she peels out? That's a good question. I'm sure they will, but this is all happening kind of in real. Yeah, you're right. Because because the whole night goes on. The first night continues. Yeah. Lots of people drive in on that road to, you know, the actors all come in. I wonder if Sydney is suppressing that. We're going to find out that he found out about it and he's suppressing the information. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way only he would have heard or found out about it. And Plus, I guess if it. these were remote woods that, like, she could have flipped off and, like, fell down a ravine and, like, no one's looking for her because she stormed off the set, so. All right. I don't know. I'm trying to make excuses to show because I'm really Right. That was right just now. my only issue. Gotcha. Uh, so the actress who plays Shelby shows up. You said her name is Audrey, yes. played by Sarah Paulson, with a super English accent, which I thought was adorable. You liked it? Mm-hmm. You thought it was a convincing accent? No, I didn't say that. I thought it was adorable. Oh. The fact, she's doing a super English accent. And we find out through some previous season, and when I say previous season, I mean the original My Roanoke Nightmare season, episodes yeah. one through five, that there was outtakes between her and the character playing Mott. Uh, that he was hitting on the older woman, mm-hmm. and she was totally eating eating it up. Yeah, she's into it. Uh, and you find out that in a fake interview that he crashes and says, suck a dick, we're married. And she's like, oh, apparently a woman of a certain age can get such a viral, young, strapping buck. <laughs> viral. V- viral. <laughs> and viral, honestly. Probably. It's Evan Peters we're talking about yeah. here, right? Uh, I mean, if he don't have the herp, then <laughs> my name's not Aaron Hubbard. He can't sue for libel. Right. Um so anyway, um you can, she's like, Oh, who could have guessed that a woman I, was, I could have guessed. Come on, Sarah. Right. We've, we've, there's there's a lot of young men uh 
you know, barking and howling at your red moon. What did I, what did I go? I didn't, yeah, strike from the record. Let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, what did you, I also like, because they showed like, this stuff is so campy and hilarious. And the fact that I kind of like had this love hate relationship with Evan Peters makes it all the better, but they showed their wedding Mm -hmm. and like her vows are these over the top syrupy shit. And his vows are like, you know, start off that way, but then he goes frat boy and I'm I'm going to love the shit out of you. Sure. You know, and these are like, yeah, I I like the fact that they use the official vows from the Twilight novels. You know, that was, (laughs) that was a nice touch. Right. Um, Ultimately, I don't care because he's dead and it's over. So I'm right. cool with that. You're uh, like, how do you you're feel? like the color of the sun. You're just bright and hot. And oh god, I don't want to puke. Uh, what'd you say? How do you feel about her only wearing long, flowy lace white dresses this episode? I, I guess the idea is they got married and then they're doing their honeymoon on the set. No, she's wearing a series of different white dresses. Oh, I don't know. She looks good. And we. And she even wore we a similar set. dress on, I think it was Jimmy Fallon last night. Was it Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. I, the audio wasn't on. I just saw it. But yeah, like, I don't know. She look, it looks good. It suits her. She's got the, she can pull off the ice queen thing. Yeah. She should um, cosplay as Claire... Uh, Underwood. <laughs> okay. Off. Yeah. I, I, that's totally what I'd if she, if I was Sarah Paulson, and I think about what I would do if I was Sarah Paulson, like on a daily basis. I bet you do. Uh, WWSPD. <laughs> uh, so up in the bed wall, they are having some kind of postmarital um, love making session, and Evan Peters' character finds out that he is got an LA edition. And he's super excited about it. And um, Audrey informs the, him that you're us, that she's not concerned at all, that he's going to run off to L.A. The, without her. And it seems like this relationship is going to explode. Well, it doesn't last the episode, spoiler alert. Right. And they're talking, and all of a sudden at, we see a reflection of Agnes as the butcher. And then the window shatters. I was reading. Okay, so they walk into the kitchen, and you see a shadow move in front of the window. Yes, which was creepy. There's some there's the some speculation that that's not Agnes. That's the actual butcher walking around outside. Okay, so do you, so. I we, think who broke the window was actually Agnes. I think the shadow uh, before it. Okay. Was different. I mean, because there's all kinds of stuff. We see um, Lee's ex-husband barbecue mm-hmm. in barbecue form walking around. Like, there's right. a lot of just really creepy stuff. Now, do you think that if, if Agnes is there, is she just there as a crazy actress? Or is she there because of some sort of demonic possession? I think she's there as a crazy actress, as I said. And I don't believe this possession thing you're going for. Okay. All right. Uh, we find out at this scene that Agnes had previously menaced Audrey um, when she won a Saturn. She wanted to steal her Saturn, not the car, the award, um, which that was kind of interesting that playing the audio. Um, so Lee and Matt show up. Uh, oh, well, first of all, the real um, Shelby tries to comfort Audrey and say that, you know, it's, it's nice to see that it's never too late to find love. And Audrey jumps all down her throat for this statement, which I guess could which be is fair. read as throwing. But I don't think Shelby really meant it that way. I think she did. Well, it also well, feels how like do you, she's how awfully do you interpret fucking defensive it? about it. 
this is, you know, well, I guess that's true. I don't know. Like, you could, yeah. But, what What's the pro to that statement? How could you mean that well? Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, she did well, mean it well, she, but she it's said just it a kind of a terms shitty of her thing to say Matt, to like that that's it's giving her hope that Matt could show up and maybe that you know they can find love. But you're right, maybe it is more of a shitty non sequitur than I'm giving it credit for. Uh, so Lee and Matt show up, and everyone's ha- issued phones that have cameras but no cameras cell phone only. service. Which I'm like, so that's just the Fancy digital camera, iPods, the yeah. digital camera, right? Like, if it has no other communication features, but it has a camera, then it's just a, you know, I don't, right. that that was a weird distinction. Like, just give them stick cams or whatever. Um, and they're apparently just assumed that they're going to put Matt into Shelby's room. Like, just they're just not going to be subtle about this at all. And Matt's like, no, that's not going to work for me. And he decides to move into the super creepy basement. Right, because their second choice was to put Matt in Dominic's room. Didn't work out so well either. <laughs> Um, and then basement actually looks pretty nice. Yeah, they cleaned it up. Sure. I mean, it seems cozy down there. If I well, didn't know, you know it was haunted, then yeah. The, the FX out. guys had to uh, wire it all up, so they're like, you know, not going to work in a pigsty. They want they want a clean place to run their cables and put their cameras. Right. Yeah. Um, and Lee at this point destroys Shelby, rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, Shelby, for purely spiteful reasons, blew up her marriage. She accused Lee of murder, which caused Lee a bunch. Now, I'm not saying Lee's a saint, but like, you know, and the fact that Shelby is, she's like, I am done for being punished for being human. Bitch, please. No. Being human is not accusing another person of a capital crime. Yeah, you went out of your way to just be an asshole. Nor is it when you are in an experience where all kinds of ghostly crap is happening and people are acting in ways that are bizarre to accuse your husband in the middle of this, of of having sex with another spirit woman. And then you go and cheat on him with himself. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. there's, There's human reactions, but I think she protests a bit too much. Yes, and what the, the 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 best line is when Audrey Sarah Paulson as Audrey as as as, the, as uh, Shelby flounces off, she turns to Evan Peters and says, <laughs> "Fire and pathetic, just how I played her." I love like, it. And then like, she comes back in crying, <laughs> like she had just nailed it, and I love that so much. Oh God, I laugh so hard. You know, and Shelby also seems like one of those people that's going to storm out of a room and just like stomp on the floor right outside the hall to make it sound like sound right. like you've gotten farther away so you can ha- catch. Some Someone in doing this right and wait to see if anyone comforts her and if she doesn't come back in a room you know like <laughs> right. no one even cares I'm like oh go get by pathetic i don't know that's not that's not too bad of an insult i mean it's also true i mean as a human being and maybe i'm i know that i'm not a narcissist but i'm aware of my faults mm-hmm. i don't like people to say them mm-hmm. but if you do i'm like yeah that's fair mm-hmm <laughs> um, that's exactly what a raging narcissist would say. By the way, I'm no narcissist, but I'm aware of my flaws. I just don't want anyone to tell me about them. But that's not true at all. <laughs> you and I are intimately familiar with narcissists. Okay, true. I'm podcasting with one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was raised by one. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> so was I. So she's not listening, though. <laughs> that's not true. I can't wait till Thanksgiving. If this you're listening, you're not the person I'm talking to about. <laughs> okay, nice cover. Uh, so Angela Bassett's character shows up, and I don't, I haven't gotten her name down yet. And they all opine that they're not scared. And Matt walks down, and they're like, "Nothing happened last summer. I mean, we didn't see a damn thing." 
And Matt's like, oh, yeah, we'll look out the window. We've got this blood moon, and it's a whole game changer. Although, to be fair, they were being fucked with a long time before the blood moon showed up. So, like, I'm not Yeah, this quite is the sure. only time that they can just kill you, though. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not quite sure why the production crew did not see anything during their filming. It seems kind of weird. What do you mean? Well, I, like when they were filming the first year, like were yes, they, they actually were there filming the during the blood moon? No, they weren't. But like Matt and Shelby moved oh, that's in right, well, summer. well before, the, and maybe they're saying that the Polks did all that crap before. But like I don't know. Like I got the clear impression that there was pigmen and fiery sacrifices. And yes, they didn't kill anyone until the blood moon or try to kill anyone. But they were definitely doing spooky shit. And Wait why didn't the production crew see any of that? Did Mason die before the blood moon? Who's Mason? Yes. Lee's husband. Yes, he did. So it had to have been someone alive that killed him. Well, and we know that Lee, that's the thing. Like, we know that Lee walked outside right after Mason went outside and returned hours later. She could be completely unaware that she did it. No, I I can't imagine. Or it could be Shelby, my number one suspect. Ooh. I can't imagine. Or the Uber driver. (laughs) The Uber driver did it. (laughs) I can't imagine, or maybe, like, um, what? Maybe Cricket did it. Maybe Sid did it. Sydney wouldn't that be an interesting twist before this was just even a, f- a famous case how would he even just do to that? frame her but i mean how, how but, do, that's how you know it becomes a famous thing this guy mysteriously dies on set while they're filming but they weren't oh fil- no, no this that's was right. happening right. i was right. like so he went in my the bad, time my machine bad. okay i'm getting this all fucked this up this is getting some primer shit going on here <laughs> um Okay, I, I've completely lost the point of where I was at. Oh, so yeah, he says, you know, Matt says, oh, we got the blood moon now. Oh, wait, I want to talk. I want to talk about this Lee thing because okay. I think we're onto something. Okay. The thing is, I can buy that Lee blacks out, but the way she burnt him, like tied to that state tree thing, like that seems very Roanoke. And how would she know to do that? They had already seen that pig sacrifice. So she's like trying. If she wanted to kill and... her ex-husband and do it a way that would frame the pokes, that she deliberately she she got the drop on him killed him and right. made it seem like a grizzly cult murder I mean, I mean maybe lee's the one that's possessed i mean they say that the ghosts can only kill on the blood moon but does that mean that they don't have the ability to inhabit another person's body as you suggested or or I don't like another that. alternate theory is that the woods witch there's nothing saying that she can't kill i mean she killed willy-nilly that's how she got out of her little so you don't think she's a ghost? You Colonial think she's just immortal? Jail. Yes. She's an immortal witch? Yes. Okay. Interesting. I mean, what did we learn about witches in Coven that could back that up? They have know. to be killed by fire, right? You can bury them in mud and they can come back to life sometimes. If you have the appropriate witch with resurrection powers, they all I have mean, different gifts that lie in different directions, except for the Supreme who can do like everything. Wasn't that the hill thing? Yeah. What if Lady Gaga is the original Supreme? Ooh. She's the Supreme that... All the Supreme other Supreme sprang, <laughs> sprang from. Anyway. She, she's got sour cream and cheese on her. So that's that, that how you make a Supreme taco. <laughs> you just add sour cream to it. So um, Matt walks out the room and all the other actors opine that, hey, we're still not scared. Smash cut to a black screen that says, over the next three days, all participants but one die. So they're, you know, we decried... The previous five episodes for having no tension because we knew no one died. Now they're everyone's going to die. Us. We just have to figure out who won't. 
Yeah, that's going to be everybody. Place your bets. Who? I mean, that's like the least interesting thing, in my opinion, to talk about. But that's knowing the internet is what people want to talk about. Like they want they'll mm-hmm. want to stake out who's the one that's going to live and who's right. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not interested in doing that either. I'm. I want to see how it plays out. But we'll totally provide color commentary Ooh. for your product pr- productions predictions. Hell yeah! Why? Why didn't they shut down production when they saw Evan Peters? I'm sorry, I don't forget his name. Rory. When they saw Rory get killed. We know you're all watching. Yeah, I don't know. Why didn't someone like roll up with an ambulance and go and try to save him or let anyone else know that someone just died on camera in the house? I don't know. Uh, We see a scene where uh, Evan Peters and Sarah Paulson are fucking in a hot tub. Uh, Oh, sorry. I got ahead of myself. We then see Lee walking around upstairs. Oh, shit. Her burnt up husband walks in front of a camera. Although that could be an actor. Some of this stuff could be like people they've hired. I don't think it was because I don't think it looked like the guy who played Mason. Mm. But it also looked a little like the other ghosts look a lot more grungy and gritty and scary. This guy looked like he was just wearing burnt makeup. Well, I saw an eyeball, so I guess it's not fair to say he looks like anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. Shelby tries to sneak past. If you ever get burned alive, your eyeballs are the only thing that survives. They have to be. If your eyeballs burn out, then, like, my God, we got nothing. Right. Um, So... Uh, Shelby sneaks past Lee to go talk to Matt in the basement, which good move because Lee would have been like, no, don't you fucking dare. Don't you fucking yeah, dare. She would have followed her down. There would have been another big fight. Um, and Matt's like, I don't understand why you came. And sh- this is so dangerous. And she says, well, it's going to be different this time because there's more of us and there's cameras and it's not going to happen like it did last time. And Matt's like, well, I think it's going to happen. and I don't know if we're going to survive. Um, then Lee confronts Angela and says Lee, Angela says I'm a drunk because of you and portraying your crazy ass and then her, name, Lee, her name's Monet Monet okay and then Lee comes back and says well it's your fault that I was portrayed this way because they're not seeing the real me they're seeing the person that you chose to put on screen and that's caused me a lot of grief and they I actually felt like that was a pretty good pretty good piece of dialogue it's mm-hmm. like people with rational reasons to hate each other hating each other in a pretty well-written way (laughs) right um so then we see matt interviewing and we see dominic show up and is like hey hey everybody uh and matt says i gotta say it was nice finally to meet dominic in person and they (laughs) have been bleeding and yeah and and that was a nice way to enter in and to to introduce them just having an all-out brawl real matt's my favorite yeah He's he's totally cool and a pugilist if you remember from uh, the Nick. Yes, like, oh, he yes. could he could beat dudes down. Hell yeah! Um, I got I got him in a fight with Cuba, Cuba. Cuba. Um, so SP is in taking a shower after the hot tub because uh, she's got to wash all that Evan Peterson out of her. And <laughs> Evan Peterson. Evan Peterson. No, oh, it's Evan Peterson. That's the character's name. Rory Amazing. Evan you can take the most simple, straightforward things and just I, flip it, s- s- switch it, and reverse it. It's my gift. What can I say? And Pigman pulls a Bates Motel on her, um, which is pretty creepy. And I thought she was going to die, but instead she runs screaming and says, There's a Pigman. And Evan Peters is like so fucking pissed off that someone threatened his cougar mama that he goes up with a head of steam and he's like punching in curtains and. <laughs> 
screaming in the you know but closet also, doors. Like a twenty a twenty two year old man, I'm assuming he is. Right. <laughs> goes up weaponless. Right. He's just gonna take it on bare fist. Right. Well, he thinks it's some production guy fucking because none of them believe this is real shit ghosts. No shit ghost, not yeah. real shit. There's real shit ghosts. They're made out of shit. <laughs> so the greatest thing is just when I thought the 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 surprise was going to be that there's no pig man, he slams the door shut and the nurses are right behind them. <laughs> and they look like something out of the ring. Yes, exactly. And they fucking get cut him up good. And Matt walks through the little vestibule dining room that's attached to the kitchen and he sees that the murder is there and it's complete it's no longer murder did it bleed through the wallpaper or do you think they opened it up so that murder would be visible oh i don't know i never really thought about that i hope it bled through because that would be dramatically interesting uh it's probably rigged to bleed through even if i it mean wasn't. were all the letters bleeding again i don't know because i remember the r was all right that's how i'm gonna remember it uh, but they've completed the murder and because R is for Rory, and that's how we end it on a very creepy, grisly note. So is this going to be a supercharged blood moon because murder has also been completed now? Does that mean that... Well, so let's back up. I know all the right. nurses are super creepy and all, but are we convinced that this isn't one of Sydney's tricks? Yes. Because that would be the ultimate explanation for why the thing's not shutting down. He's just fucking with people. I believe it. Which means Evan. So here's a theory: if if that's true, Evan Peters is a fake death. He would probably go home. Maybe he's the only survivor. He's like a cockroach. Why wouldn't they make a bigger deal out of him dying though? Immediately. What do you uh, mean? I mean, I guess that makes sense. Because the, the episode ends right here. There's no real reaction, like even time. For Wait, much don't of we reaction. get them in the kitchen? Yeah, he comes in and says the mur- like oh. R is for Rory, and then it ends right there. Yeah. I mean, we get a little bit of reaction, but not like it's like 30 seconds worth. Um, hmm. So I don't know. I that's I don't really believe that theory. Right. But it's one I'm advancing just because it would be interesting. All right. I want to stake out, get some of those sweet, sweet Internet points. I can't let Frack and T run around <laughs> away with the Internet points a race, On especially your... since I'm not going to throw my hat in. T- oh, God damn it. I just threw my hat in the Who Survives pool. You did. Oh, it's shit. Fucking insidious, this shit. Yeah. <sighs> the internet. It's a game where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Uh, we got feedback. We got lots of feedback this week. All right. Feed me. Uh, feed me that back. feedback, it's ahs at baldmove.com, or you can go on our forums where we have a live forum thread every week at forums.baldmove.com. First up, Robert F. Taking the task. I knew it. I knew this historian was going to be real, and we we're going to step on all kinds of historical toes by making fun of her portrayal. He says, I'm sure I'm not the only one to point this out. No, but you were the first. However, Doris Kearns Goodwin is a real and respected historian. She won a Pulitzer for her biography of FDR and has books about LBJ, Teddy Roosevelt, and Lincoln. She has been featured in several of Kinsburn's documentaries. Miro said, come on, guys, we have to make fun of Doris Kearns Goodwin. In the world yes. of historians, she is Beyonce. I mean, she, well, that's, that's a big talk. Because <laughs> I would never make historians? fun of Beyonce. Yeah. We're not making fun of her. She just left a lot to be desired. It's like saying someone's the Angela Bassett of cat ladies. Like, <laughs> okay, that's the best version of it. But no, I, I'm talking shit. I love historians. I right, right. I mean, didn't she's, recognize her. she's not an actor. 
I'm not an actor, and no. I've done a line reading that wasn't great for right. fun. No, That's like fine. I, I feel like fine. I feel like Ryan Murphy wanted her to seem kind of like that stilted. Right. I don't think I was historian. making fun of her so much as I was just pointing out that, or we had this discussion that she seems like a real historian yeah. because of the line delivery. And it if was she wasn't, very... then she, the actor, if she was an actor, she was playing a historian who couldn't deliver a line. Mm-hmm. But yes, we're not we're not making fun of your beloved Doris. Uh. Miro continues I mean she wrote that book that without which we wouldn't have Spielberg's Lincoln as a history buff I loved her little cameo and think it lent some credence to the whole documentary theme we had like five other people email us to let us know that so I appreciate it it. should have I almost looked it up I almost looked it up but I'm like yeah it'd be more fun to let the listeners bust her balls out about it right yeah let a professional podcast do that (laughs) (laughs) we're officially unofficial Uh, unofficial aggressively unofficial Aggressively uh, unofficial podcast for American Horror that's Story. That's how I'm going to introduce her from now on. <laughs> yes. so for, I won't because I never remember these inside jokes. I'll remember. Oh, well, good. You'll be the, the, the show's conscious slash memory bank. And correct, 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 pronuncier. Yep. Correct, pronuncier. <laughs> Pren- it's like a concierge. Or pronuncier. Concierge, only it's pronuncierge. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had. I need a guy. I need to hire a guy like and then call him my p- pronuncierge. And you I should hire be like, me because that's all I do when I listen to your podcast is just scream at the radio. Do you? Yeah. Okay. You're my pronunciation. Okay. I just call you up and say, hey, how do you pronounce? Or I can fact check you and Gino. Uh, like Jim. I was trying to think of the guy who played Odo in Deep Space Nine's name today. It's Rene Bajorno is how I remembered it. That's not right. That's his A in a pizza name. That can't be right. <laughs> all right. Hire someone else. Uh, see? <laughs> you're fired. Uh, Brittany. As someone with a degree in linguistics, I have to say that Hire I have. Her. There you go, Brittany. If you would like to apply as a, a, a position as my pronunciator, you just get to follow Aaron around all day and correct him. Or I just need your cell phone and I can call you day at night, day or night, and you have to have the correct pronunciation for everything. Okay. Because I have no correct pronunciations. Uh, she says, "I have to say that I have no problem with the accent of any." the colonists use there's no way of knowing what the original settlers would have sounded like due to the lack of the invention of recording equipment however using historical evidence such as poetry and documentation most experts believe that the english at the time in europe and america was much more similar to the modern general american accent than any modern uk accent here's an article that sums up nicely for you if you're interested she links to an article on the toast.net that explains now i read this because this Are came you out talking, about- is she speaking about kathy bates or yes. lady gaga so I read this at the time that the that the English accent, you know, three two, you know, three hundred ish years ago in the colonial times, it's much more close to the American accent that we have today. That it's drifted to the more received posh accent because of like a different, lots of different social reasons. Okay, which you know that would make sense that the mother language would continue to drift and the. You know, colonial language would kind of retain. I, I don't know. I, I don't understand how they know that. And I read the article and I still don't. But mm-hmm. you're a linguist, so I'm going to believe you. And I think it's also cool that we sound more English than the English people. <laughs> right. <laughs> USA. USA. <laughs> um, that being said, I think you guys are overcritical of the accents occur or the events occurring in North Carolina. Remember, this is a show within a show. All these events are being depicted as dramatization, and America Horror Story is treating it exactly as the types of shows that use dramatizations do. They dramatize the events to make them more exciting than real life. In the next week or so, we'll probably see a producer character mention how they had to change, embellish, spice, or even make shit up. 
Ooh, prescient. Um, did I get that right? You, you got to tell me as my pronunciation, uh, Brittany. I think prescient is how you say pre, what I would call prescient. Prescient. I don't know. That's <laughs> okay. That's um, fair. In so what else? Um, in Hollywood, 99% of the stories based on true events are given that treatment. Just look at Patch Adams, where they changed the real Patch Adams' friend who died tragically into a female love interest with a similar fate in a movie. Wow. Wow. I thought Patch Adams sucked because it was Patch Adams. I didn't know it actually sucked because it was historically wrong, too. Back at the accents, if we accept the above premise, then things like the ridiculous Kathy Bates accent don't matter because likely Bates is playing an actress who was hired for the role of the dramatization. Yeah, no, I I buy all that, but you got to understand half the reason I do this show is so I can crack wise at the ridiculous stuff, and oh, and, yeah. and also like I think that's the only reason that you and I even podcast together. Yeah, and like, like that's the thing is Kathy Bates has got a long history of ridiculous accents. She's got the you know dripping in marmalade Southern accent from Coven. She's got the Balmer. Uh, you know, Old Bay accent that she's yes. doing for Freak Show. So part of it is like, it, I don't think this would have raised an eyebrow if it was I mean, was that's just... fair. I mean, we're not saying, or maybe I have said this, but I believe that what she's doing is an accurate accent. It's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And like, I, I don't know, the accuracy is like, and again, I don't, I don't know to even raise an eyebrow had it not been for her previous work, but like, we're kind of piling on for funsies. Yeah. So we yeah. don't mean nothing. Like, I love it. Kathy Bates. She reminds me of my mom. Mima. 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 Uh, 1L. If, what if Ryan actually got Jessica Lang to come back for a couple episodes to play the real butcher and Tassica, Tassia Farmiga? Taisa Farmiga. Thank you. You're not a, you're not a bad pronunciation. Pronunciation. I can't even get that right. And Finn Whitrock are all part of the Roanoke tribe as well. I like this theory. Mm-hmm. We also have some spoilers at the end of the podcast that will speak to some of this stuff. But Jessica Lange playing the Jessica butcher. Lang? Jessica Lang. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Lang playing the real butcher is a sublime idea. And I, I love, love that. I love that. Does she want to, though? I don't know. I don't know. Nathan P. says, this episode is so much fun and a hot-ass mess. I was loving so much of it. Uh, dude bro redhead evan peters was hilarious and so bad it was great at least he can come back as a ghost for the real show now um evan peters evan peters is pretty much playing himself right yes like, this is how i imagine evan peters is 24 7 she's screaming just screaming and acting like a jackass <laughs> yes. not, not like a jackass just like a jackass he's yeah, 20 jackass. he's in his 20s yeah there you go uh, those nurses were so much cooler than the reenactment. I know that the Hollywood execs were playing up the act. Those nurses were serious and creepy rather than the bubblegum cliche that those actors were playing. Agreed. It made me shit my pants. This episode is... I mean, that actually got the hair stand up on the back of my neck when he slammed that door in there right behind them. Oh, yes. Jesus. Oh, my God. Um, this episode is directed by Angela Bassett, so it's only natural that everyone looks so young. How does she manage to look even younger than last week? Witchcraft. Right? The coven, the coven season voodoo was like I think her real life autobiography. It was based on on true events from her from her life. Mm -hmm. So she is a voodoo priestess and uh, is timeless and ageless. Do you think she drinks her own blood to stay young? Oh, interesting. Right, just like a complete, just a close cycle. Yep, yep. I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, Sarah Paulson lost to Hubby, so prepare for her signature scream next week. Seriously, you guys talk about Evan Peters screaming all the time, but Paulson does it just as much. Does she? When I realized uh, that they were a couple, the first thing I said is, these are the real scream queens. Wow. Uh, 23 million people watching Murphy. That's some self-indulgent bullshit. Uh, and it also wasn't really filet mignon. Aaron, we didn't even Ooh. get a proper intro sequence. Aaron, why do you play with our hearts? Hey, I am just as upset as anyone that we're not getting the intro. I'm so pissed off. Like, my favorite part of American Horror Story is the, you know, mm-hmm. creepy-ass intro. That's right. what hooked me on Coven. And I am so pissed that we're not getting it this season. I don't think we are good. And if, I guess the next opportunity for it to be uh, appear is like episode ten, where there's going to be a, another twistaroo, where it's just going to go back to being pretend actors. And yeah. No one dies. I, I don't know. If you do a twist and then another twist, aren't you going back on the original direction? Do you think they'll put an intro in and then backfill it once the season completes? You know, once mm. it comes out on DVD. I doubt it, but... I don't watch the DVDs of American Horror, so I'll be pissed. (laughs) I feel like that's... I'm robbed of of my creepy intro, damn it. Uh, Anyone want to place Brett's on a Survivor? Also, where's the Uber driver? He's an integral part of the story. Thank you. Uber driver, lone survivor. Uber driver. And it's rhymes. Uber driver, lone survivor. Uber driver, lone survivor. Uh, But yeah, I'm sure that people will be putting those bets in. I got a question for you. I might have an answer. Which the Uber driver just triggered. I'm feeling triggered. Um, Uber driver. Cricket. Cricket's not dead. Real Cricket's not dead. How do you know that? Because he was the actor in the movie show. But he died in the real life thing, right? It couldn't have been that Cricket because that was the actual Cricket from Coven. Well, yeah. That's like saying that you think that... Oh, okay, okay. Actor Cricket. So who's the real person who's the clairvoyant? Well, he's dead. Well, I know, but I want to know more about who that real person mm. was. I'd like to see more of Cricket, the actor. That's... Yeah, Cricket the actor. Why didn't they bring him back? Well, we got some email on that. Do you John... think he's a real clairvoyant that was playing a clairvoyant so he could get this role in the show? No. That would be like, the fi- you know, why would they bother to find an actor who's also a clairvoyant? Maybe he was trying to get in mm. to get in good with the Woods Witch because she's the original Supreme. I love this theory. It holds together. <laughs> Mark it, write it down <laughs> to stay in history. Cecily figured it out. Do you have to pay 39 cents extra when you order the Lady Gaga Supreme? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, Josh F. said, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. However, I still don't understand the motivations behind real Matt coming back from the house during the blood moon. He clearly believes they're all about to get a real good murdering, so I can't see why he came back. It's not to see real Shelby, since they made it clear that he's avoiding her and could see or talk to her at any point if he wanted. The only thing I can think of is that Lee was coming back to clear her name, and she he couldn't talk her out of it, so he's coming back to protect her. I think he just come, came back because he's got a death wish. Well, here's the thing I'm wondering, because someone else I think suggested that. What if he really wants Shelby to die, and he doesn't care about his own life? So He's, he's the like, lone survivor because he kills everyone. God damn it, now I'm speculating. Yeah, you've gotten sucked into it. But you know what I'm saying? It's like he, he wants Shelby to die, so he show, he but agrees why? to show up just so she will. Why? Yeah, I know, it That's... doesn't seem like Matt. That's not the Matt I know and love. <laughs> it's not. That's not that Matt Lady Gaga's witch fell in love with. <laughs> no, She'd be not. so disappointed if she could see him now. She, she can't see him now. <laughs> Maybe she's the lone survivor. Um, I don't buy that Lee and Shelby would come back for the reasons they gave if they really went through the shit that they claimed they did. 
they would have had some serious PTSD about that place and instinct to not be gruesomely murdered by ghosts is something I would imagine is hard to fight against. I, I ha- you're right, because anyone that went through that kind of horrific thing... Right, just thinking about going to that house makes my ankle start throbbing. <laughs> right. Um, but Shelby's an idiot. Lee, um, I mean, I guess it, I'm grading on a curve because I thought Lee's motivations throughout the first five episodes were bizarre and inconsistent and dumb. So this, like, to clear your name from um, for a murder you didn't commit so you can get your child again and live out in peace the rest of your life seems like a legit motivation i guess right um my other lingering question is why lady gaga actress's character wasn't mentioned by sydney or anyone else about coming back to the house i don't think that they portrayed her as being a side character like cricket or the butcher's son she seems like as much of a main character as a butcher surely she's just as much of a main character as the actor who played edward mott who was in what one or two episodes i think it's premature to write her off right because if I'm like trying to run this as a Big Brother style murder mystery house, I would want some surprises. Right. So it'll also be interesting to see if they who uh, how they portray the real life ghost and the real witch. If they'll give close ups of their faces, uh, I like how they seem to make the nurses more dirty and decomposed looking. They hit home the fact that these were the real deal. It's not going to happen, but I'd absolutely die if Jessica Lang came back with a few cho- close up scenes as a real butcher or the real witch. Cosine that needs to happen. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Joe M as a person who works in the TV industry oh Joe M is our ratings guy if you didn't know I was eating up all the inside baseball from the episode Um, I want you to know that Ryan Murphy got most of his information right when at the top of the show they flashed info that the fake My Roanoke Nightmare got 23 million viewers and bested Sunday Night Football Walking Dead and Empire he's correct that 23 million viewers would indeed be the highest rated show of the week and would beat that typical top three as an aside, the real American Horror Story, My Roanoke Nightmare, has been averaging about 6 million views this season, which is still good, just not top three good. Yeah, it is real good. It's actually an improvement over last season, so that's nice. Right. They also got the advertising rates correct. The $450,000 per 30 spot and the $12 million of revenue per episode quoted in the meeting with executives for a new season are pretty accurate based on the viewership level and on par with what The Walking Dead gets currently, which is about $500,000 per spot or $14 million per episode. Jesus Christ, that's so much money. I'd be interested to know what FX's highest rated show is. I, it might be American Horror. I mean, if you, if you take out the OJ... Like, that was like a, well, I guess that's not a one shot. That's a new anthology because that yeah. got really good ratings, too. Like, Justified got like four and a half million. Yeah. American Horror Story is doing six. I don't know. We'll see. I wonder what Always Sunny gets. And now that's on FXX. FXX, yeah. Anyway, American Horror Story gets, I'm guessing, about 100 to 150,000 per spot. The only blunder was in the network president said he got a 14 rating in the demo. The number one show on TV, Sunday Night Football, gets about an 8 in the demo. Seinfeld probably got a 14 in the 18 to 49 demo at its very peak. So he's saying that's like never, that's that's golden era of network television that we're never going to get again. Okay. Uh, P.S. The pig man in the back of the BMW scared the living shit out of me more than anything I've seen in recent memory, and I'm a horror movie veteran, so I usually see that stuff coming. Damn, that was good. I think they threw us off with the ghost girl. Like, we thought that was the scare, and when they went for the scare on top of the scare. Yeah. Uh, King Cobra says, I wish they didn't say that everyone died. This kind of ruined the surprise for the next few episodes. Two, they said that episode 10 will turn everything on its head again. So basically what I hope is that this isn't a documentary within a documentary within a documentary. (laughs) Setting things up as they did before makes me think... 
what is really happening is real now. Besides the above, I really enjoyed the second half of the episode of the live story. They're stepping up the creepiness and gore, which is a major plus. I, for once, am looking forward to the next week and did feel like they ended it short, uh, which is a good feeling for me. I agree. I agree with all that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like the fact that they're not trying to make these into hour and a half episodes. Right. Uh, yes. That's just, just honestly, just tightening, tightening up the plot has been a huge improvement from last season. Yeah. Uh, Frack and T said, this was an amazing episode and accomplished a number of things. By ending season one and showing us season two, they're mitigating a huge complaint about the first five episodes. There were no stakes because we knew that they weren't going to die. Now it's reversed. We know that there's one is going to die. You may say that's a weakness, but I say this is American Horror Story and the slasher flick cliche of seeing a group whittled down one by one until only the final girl is left is the most American of horror stories. <laughs> they even followed the slasher movie trope of sex equals death. And how cool was it that they paid that's off the true. ridiculous idea of killing someone to spell out their favorite word? So that means none of the black people will survive, obviously. Oh, no. They're going to, like, you know, uh, Matt and Dominic are going to be the next two, uh, clearly. And then both Lees. Than both leaves. Well, except for Angela Bassett Monet. can't die. Right. Yeah, you'll find out that she's actually the voodoo priest and she's been doing this the whole time. <laughs> uh, I do like it. So, do, what do you? So, I kind of disagree because he had some passion analysis about if they're going to do American Horror Story tropes, you've got to have the last survivor as a woman. But I also think that Murphy likes to kind of play to those tropes and invert them. So I could see a man being the survivor. Yes. So I mean, or it could be someone we haven't even met yet. Right. Could be the Woods Witch. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a survivor. Like, she's or it not... could be Mary Agnes. I don't know. It has to this, be. It's yeah. not going to be something we expect, but it's going to make us slap our foreheads. It would when be it funny if like Le- Agnes is the last one left, and everyone suspects that she did it because she's crazy, and she would be acting crazy if she survived all this. Right. That'd be kind of neat. Even if she took the credit for it because she wanted to be the butcher so much. Um, he also wants to get his internet points credit, and it's only fair that he predicted... Upvote, upvote, upvote. The night that the first episode came out, he said, and I quote, I think Roanoke, my Roanoke Nightmare is the show within a show, and that the real story eventually will be about the actors and actresses and the production of it. Think about it. One of the real people that are not part of the dramatic reenactment, only one of them is a series semi-regular, and all the stars of AHS are in the reenactment. I keep waiting for someone to yell, cut! And I have the camera zoom out to show a production crew and actors breaking character, and I'm convinced it could still happen. Booyah. Booyah. There you go. All the internet points this week. They'll reset the total reset, and there'll be more internet points to be awarded next week. But at this point, Fracken is a clear internet He's got points all leader. Of them. All of them. Julene says, I think Agnes. Julene, 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 Julene. No, no, no. I think Agnes will be playing the butcher. The butcher is a double ghost. Her spectral body was burned. Agnes didn't have a mental break. She's being possessed by the spirit of the butcher. I think she actually is the butcher at this point. Would it be interesting if they had her accent be perfect when the butcher takes over? We've heard her raging as the butcher, but not speaking yet. So my only problem is I think it's kind of dumb if they can if the ghost can possess people outside of the red moon. Blood moon. The blood moon, rather. Isn't I mean, do you feel me on that? Like, isn't that seem like cheating? Or Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of exceptions, I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, you can't I mean, there's hurt no... people, but you can, you can take over their entire right. bodies and Right, if lives. that's the case, then there are no rules anymore. Right, and then, like, what if, if they take over your body and they murder someone, then they can kill, too. Like, what kind of, I mean, it is like supernatural shit to have loopholes like that, but I don't like it. It I seems agree. dumb. 
Um, otherwise, doesn't, but otherwise, the I like the does. possession angle. I just don't like it that they can do it when the connection between the spirit world and the real world is not super weak like it apparently is during the Blood Moon week. Yes. I love the theory of her being possessed, but I can't square it with what we know. I also like your theory when the, the way you articulated it, that she is essentially just going to be a crazy person. Like, that's, like, you know, um, having that kind of severe psychosis happen would be an interesting thing to see play out as well. Right. Uh, Hef said, sorry. He's the dissenter of this week. Um, sorry, but saying this is the best episode of the season isn't much praise in my opinion. Well, factually correct. Saying the best episode of a pretty rough season so far is damning it with faint praise. Are we sure that we don't really expect much from to begin with? Uh, I enjoy the Roanoke setting, the ghost monsters, but I have a personal hatred of reality television, and it's making me hate the season even more than I hate. Oh well, if you come into it with a bias, Hef, that's not fair. Also, like I think you need to turn the corner on this. Like they're not praising reality television; they're dis- dishing it pretty hard, and how cynical of an operation it is, and how you know jerky and fake it all is like i i'm surprised you aren't seeing a little bit of pleasure from that yeah like it's a skewering of the genre right uh i can enjoy the idea of the actors and their counterparts having to survive together but i honestly believe we could have limited the documentary stuff to a single episode and had it only showcase key moments in a really campy style the ghosts would be a mystery to us now and every time they disappeared appeared going forward would be surprising on a creepy level not just a jump scare like rory's death was so Obviously, I said last week that I don't understand why all this previous five weeks could have happened in a single episode. And I do think that Murphy had an idea as he was taking a shower one morning that he was going to take the first five episodes and turn it into homage of all the other um, episodes of American or seasons of American Horror Story. And he was not to be talked out of that idea. And the season as a whole is the poorer for it. Right. But on the other hand... I found that a lot of the scares last episode worked precisely because they had set her expectations fairly low over the previous five weeks. Last episode? You mean the one we're podcasting right now? The one we're podcasting right now. Yeah. Like some of the jump scares, like the nurse and the pig man, I don't know if they hadn't been able to fully develop those concepts and had us expecting the one thing and getting the other, that it would have worked as well. Right. The previous five episodes, there was a lot of jump scares that that got me, but not because they were scary. These were just like scary, Yeah, they were jump scares, and they were also just the imagery was horrific. Right. now, did they need all five episodes of that? No. But then again, you know, my shower theory for, you know, Murphy just says that he got in his idea and he thought it was going to be cool and why not? I mean, is that all but confirmed? What? That the each of the first five was themed like the first five I seasons? I think it's confirmed. Okay. Like there was, the, everything tracked right. pretty cleanly on that theory, except for If that's the, what you need five episodes ho- for, then I don't know. I thought it was cute. Yeah. The hotel was the weakest one, I thought. Yes. Because you said, well, it's about children. American Horror Story Motel. Yeah. No, you said it was about... I, I thought you it was, made a better connection, but I, I thought it was actually the motel connection that, that it was like kind of a funny one there. But anyway, yeah, there was another one, but yeah, that's the one that I think was the weakest. But everything else tracked pretty clean. Uh, I want to turn the season to turn around because I really love the show, but it's difficult to distance myself from the things I don't like about the season. It's particularly bothersome considering last season gave us hotel, which I personally think is a contender for the best out of the a- all the AHS seasons. Well, there's your problem, Hef. You are just like completely flipped 180 degrees from the general American Horror Story fan, I feel like. Right. Because, I mean, Hotel had its moments, and I thought it was campy and fun. But 
was there genuine scares at all last season? I guess the the, the no, drill bit demon more, was scary. And I don't know if it was scary, but it, yeah, I mean, it was just disturbing. Yeah. It's disturbing imagery. Yeah. But as far as scares and stuff like that, not a lot to be had. Now, don't get me wrong. Like Liz uh, uh, Taylor was, yeah. was awesome. Yes. Um, I thought Lady Gaga's Glampire was actually pretty awesome and cool in the end. Um, Kathy Bates' character and her story. There's some interesting and neat character-based moments, but I never found any of it really particularly frightening. Right. So. I agree. Um Andrew from House Payne, want to let you and any other American Horror Story fans know about the American Horror Story attraction that's currently operating in Universal Studios in Orlando. I just got back from a week of vacation where I had the pleasure of meeting Universal Studios' annual Halloween Horror Nights. Ooh. If you don't know, this is an extremely impressive experience similar to the Halloween haunt at Kings Island, which we are familiar with. We are. Although I'm a big fan of horror, I'm not usually into the whole haunted house scene. However, the spectacle Universal Studio puts up each year is so much fun and truly amazing. They have between eight and nine haunted houses and mazes, some original, but the majority are based on popular TV shows or movies, as well as various areas of the park designated as scare zones and usually a couple of extra shows. The experience includes thousands of extra employees each night they put it on, and the park is completely transformed into something different from the usual daytime experience. Interesting. The AHS See, because what Kings Island does is they shut down the park during the day for all of October, and they just do scary stuff on the weekends at night. Right. So to have to transform it every day, it seems so laborious. Right. I don't know what they mean because, like, King's Island transforms by essentially turning the lights off and pumping the place full of fog. And then they do hire about 800 actors to go around and scare the bejesus out of people. (laughs) Right. uh, Because all the decorations, like, if you go, like, on a Saturday afternoon, it's like it's all there. It's just in the daylight. Right. So... Um, and then they do like announcements like 30 minutes until the scary monsters come out. Get the fuck out, kids. Kind of thing. <laughs> right. They say that. Get the fuck out, kids. Get the fuck out, kids. Yeah, and, and that's language, how you know they're The serious. language just gets worse from here, parents. Another 15 minutes, we're breaking out the C word. Um, <laughs> you have to explain to your kids what that means. You know, their biggest hires are, are uh, Ikea employees that they have chase people out with bamboo sticks. <laughs> they do. They do. It's the only way they can get you to leave. The, 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 the dreaded Ikea squatters. <laughs> um, the American Horror Story House this year is one of my favorites. It's one of the biggest houses Universal has ever done, and it covers the season's murder house, freak show, and hotel. I was getting so much campy fun to be in the basement of the murder house, being chased by Twisty the Clown, have Danny yelling, creepy. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, right in your face. And even to catch a glimpse of the Countess's baby, Bartholomew. Ooh, interesting. The amount of detail they put in these experiences is outstanding, and it definitely worth the price of admission. I highly recommend it. And he also included a YouTube link of a walkthrough. Oh. Which we need to watch and post to the show notes. That would be fun. Uh, Bald Move fans might also be interested. The Universal has also featured the Walking Dead house for the past several years, which is usually solid, too. That's the thing that separates this from King's Island. They get officially licensed shit. Right. Like, King's Island does pastiches of things yeah. but they don't have Turny the, the clown <laughs> yeah candy yeah. fought <laughs> there you go oh there you go um i mean yeah I, I would like to see a walking dead house or this american horror story house sounds pretty hot walking dead house yeah yeah it's just you know you, you sit there for three hours and watch uh, serious character development no no you watch you watch rick shane and Lori fight over each other and talk about not knowing what it's like out there. Right. And then the second half is gun farming, real life gun farming. (laughs) Um, We have a a slight spoiler edition from Josh F. 
Um, so if you're not into spoilers, tune out now. If you're not into what Murphy always does, which is as, not, yeah. as, as soon as he gets a little ahead in the race, he decides to be like the hare and pull her aside. To, and I can't wait to tell you. Just I have to tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's like I just it's just been burning a hole in my <laughs> brain's pocket. Um, so if you're down with that and what Murphy doing, Ryan Murphy doing, what Ryan Murphy does is blabbing his mouth too much and robbing you of the enjoyment the rest of the season then by all means, join us and listen. If you want to avoid uh, his worst tendencies and retain some kind of surprises for the upcoming season, then you should probably turn off the podcast right now, and we will see you next week. Here you go for the spoiler for the spoiler friendly among us. I'm ready. Josh F. says, Murphy's back at it again, and he quotes extensively from an Entertainment Weekly interview. Um, so both... Taysia Farmiga Taysia Farmiga Taysia Farmiga and Finn Whitrock will be appearing on American Horror Story Roanoke in terms of Farmiga who hasn't been on a franchise since Coven Murphy said it was simply due to finding the right part for her (laughs) see I wish like I would just like to be surprised like she just pops up that'd be awesome oh my god oh my god she's back right Murphy confirmed that Lady Gaga's witchy character in Roanoke is the first Supreme and nod to season three's Coven. Fuck yeah. Woo! I did it. I called it. That's yep. me. Yep. And it would be nice to yes. figure that out organically, but whatever. That feels uh, good. It feels good to be right. Speaking of the spellcasting installment, Murphy confirms that they will return to the storyline of Coven, Coven in a future iteration. <laughs> At some point, we're going to do return to the Coven season. I don't know what season that will be. Actually, I do. It's season seven. It's totally going to be Coven. Um, yeah, I don't know. HS Season 7 will also find itself connected to previous seasons. Next year, we'll be going back to some freak show characters and the deeper histories and mythologies. So we're still sort of exploring Season 4 and Season (laughs) 7. Okay. All right. He's exploring. I don't know about all these connections. I guess it's inevitable to eventually connect these to each other. And, like, I liked what he's done with it so far. Right. But a little goes a long way. I'm kind of worried. So does... My real question is... Season two of American Crime Story, the Amanda Knox story, is he going to tie in how she knows OJ? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Turns Come out on. that they partied in Rome. How, how far does this go? <laughs> OJ's the real killer. She helped him break into, uh, break in to steal that trophy. Uh, yes, Amanda <laughs> Knox helped OJ go into someone's hotel room, beat him up, and take their <laughs> sports memorabilia. She kept watching the front door, yeah. Um, she was the getaway driver. <laughs> in terms of episode 10, quote, the finale is the wrap up to Roanoke, but mythology, the, it's mythology and some of the characters will continue in subsequent seasons. So it's the ending, but not the real ending. Okay. I have a question. If season 10 is the f- wrap up and multiple characters will continue in subsequent seasons, he's got to be talking about the ghost characters, right? Because else he's li- the the placard would be lying to us. If there's any living people to make it out. Well, I guess Flora, if she doesn't get involved, she could be there could be a survivor plus her. Right. Um, but I'm I'm trying to think of anybody else who might be the Polks maybe. Like they're not part of the production, but I could see them surviving the previous. So maybe maybe there's a way to At first I thought I was going to have a gotcha moment with Murphy, but maybe not. Huh. Wonder why My question is why do they choose to bring certain actors back and not all of them? Like I would have been interested in maybe some, maybe this would have been too long and too boring, but like um, outtakes of behind the scenes footage of filming the original story. Yeah. Like showing Francis Conroy. Here's my, 
here's my motivation, here's real captured footage of the pokes that we use to inspire my character, things like that. But um, I don't know if I'm willing to rule the pokes out just yet. Yeah. Like the sheriff himself said that they were impossible to find. Yeah. So how do we know they're not somewhere else? Maybe the feral the children woods. The feral children will be integral areas. Exactly. Or, or Where are those kids at today? Where Who are they staying with? They're in a freak show. <laughs> they scream, Rowana! I mean, but here's the thing, is that why am I speculating about this stuff? I'm just setting myself up for disappointment. Right. Yeah. Plus, Murphy will tell us three weeks before we see it next season. So <laughs> yes. Don't. Well, here's what really happened yeah. <laughs> next week that you haven't seen yet. Let me just clarify some things. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's feedback. If you'd like to send us feedback, send it to ahs at baldmove.com or on the forums, forums.baldmove.com. Anything else you want to say? We're down I was here. right. We're I was right. I was right. I get all the internet points again. We're, we're down I'm here. I'm taking over the mantle from Frack and Tea. Tonight on Friday, Friday this Friday evening, uh, we'll go be at the Yellow Hammer Brewery in downtown Huntsville. Tonight. So if you're in the area, Live. come on host, down. Host, host, hosts. You, you don't even need a ticket. You can just, you just go to the brewery and, and uh, say hi to me and Cecily and, and Jim. We'll be, we'll be around there mm-hmm. and uh, uh, looking forward to partying down here. And uh, we will see you there if you got tickets and if not we'll see you next week i'm aaron and i'm cecily have a great weekend